Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. I've been thinking about uh, school openings. Am I an expert in education? No. I live with an expert. My wife, um, special ed consultant, and I'm exposed to a lot of um, really bright people. Also, I'm an engineer, and I've driven chemical plant design operation, um, and I've had it. You know, the in the best case, it's data driven. Um, we let data decide how something should go. So I was thinking about um, what kind of structure you'd have for opening up uh, schools. And I've also got a pretty good gift of writing down a plan that kind of considers most of the challenges and then lets other people tell me what's wrong with my plan and start correcting it. And as they correct it, they make a great plan. Now, it's probably really wishful thinking that's that's going to happen here. But I'm going to give it best shot I can. Um, I'm going to break this problem down into, you know, two, three segments, and then each segment um, give people a shot at um, telling me how screwed up I am and what my plan should say. Maybe, with all that help, we can come up with a plan or a structure structure for a plan that might actually work. So what we're trying to do is get a data-driven school opening plan. First, we've got to have some bucks. This is going to cost a lot of money. This is not normal times. This is not going to be a free lunch. Congress has to furnish money not only for you know, going back to school the normal way, but they have to furnish money for going back uh, online if the data doesn't justify going back into the classroom. So Congress needs to furnish money to have laptops for all students, internet access via cable, satellite, or hotspots for all students. We're going to need more teachers with the social spacing. Let's just throw out we're going to need 20% increase over last year's levels. We're also going to need additional space, like double the space. So we're going to need funds for renting um, buildings, fire halls, whatever the schools can find. We're going to need medical insurance for all students, teachers, administrators, staff, for themselves and for families. We've got to have access to medical for everybody that's going back to school in this environment. We're going to need some hazardous pay for in-class teachers, maybe 30% above norm. We're going to need equipment for daily temperature taking and recording for anyone entering the school building, all the students, parents, 
at home, family, and some way to record that, like a data data Google form or something that's distributed on people's phones, and they have a sign-in. Protective equipment for all the teachers and students and staff. No shortage of masks. We're going to need money for daily testing for COVID for all students, teachers, staff, and families. Finally, we're going to need data collection and analysis by a data professional. And we're going to need the money for that data professional sitting in each school, or in some cases, two or three schools. Okay, that's step one. We need funding for those items, and if you think of any others, um, say something. Send it to wiley.foxes at gmail.com. Texan back. Item number two. You have to have data to decide when you start to open schools. I suggest the following. The percentage of COVID-19 cases is below 5% in the county or the district around the school. This data circle should be drawn, you know, around the community where not only the school is, but where all the students live. So you start out online, and if this condition exists, COVID cases is below 5%. And if the seven-day moving average of new infections in the county slash districts has a negative slope. The number of cases on a seven-day moving average of new cases, new infections, is decreasing. And then item number three for reopening is that the school superintendent, whoever's in charge of that district, that county education, has to certify conditions for reopening um, the schools exists. Not only the, the data about COVID that we just mentioned, but also the funds are in place for doing all the tasks uh, above. So that that's kind of like the flags now up uh, for reopening the school. All the money's in place. All the COVID conditions are pointing in the right direction. Now we can start to reopen the school. And that'll be part three we're going to cover next on the plan. Yo, ancient Texan back. Step three, if the above data is correct with COVID 
conditions here green that's been cleared and all the funding has been established uh, that we did in part one money's been spent then we have to execute the plan inside of the schools first step is identify the high-risk teachers and those teachers unwilling to work in the classroom these teachers are going to lead and carry out online learning they're not going in the classroom either because of health or they're unwilling to take the risk uh, I don't see us forcing them because I think people that are afraid like that they shouldn't be forced in and they probably wouldn't do a good job so make them the online teachers by difference that establishes the number of teachers that are available for in-classroom instruction now we're going to do this you know every month so don't panic if there's not a lot of teachers that want to go into the classroom right away Item number three, since you kind of got the teachers divided into two slots, is to quantify the number of in-classroom slots that are available by doing a floor plan with six foot of social distancing. It's really not any more complicated than that. That gives you the number of slots you got. Now if you can get your hand on more trailers, uh, more places to rent with all that money the government sent then you can expand that and you can change or increase the number of slots that are available so now we have the number of teachers that are online ones that are in the building with the kids and the number of slots we've got And you may have to do a calculation here to see if the number of in-classroom slots or the number of available in-classroom teachers uh, determines whether or not, uh, which one of those is the minimum. Because if you don't have enough teachers, you can't use all the slots. And if you don't have enough slots, you can't use all the teachers. So it's going to be based on one of those two. Next, we need to have a survey of the parents and have them request in-classroom slots or, un or online slots. You're going to have to ask them what they want, what they want for their kids. Okay, I'm guessing we're going to have more slots and we have kids willing to go into them, but it really doesn't matter. We fill up the online slots, the ones in the classroom, first with children that are receiving food assistance, then those with IEPs, those that are poor, the most disadvantaged. But you pull them out of the, that disadvantaged group from those whose parents have requested in classroom instruction 
This whole system is voluntary. So the kids, you know, after now we've settled what kind of teachers we have for in-classroom, how many students want to be there, uh, and we've given a priority to the poorest to get those slots and to get the going to school to eat the school lunches. Then we have to also make arrangements for children that are not going to school that are qualified for food assistance, that they get deliveries of food. Now we've got it. We've got teachers have sorted themselves. Kids have sorted themselves. Uh, we started with a priority of the poorest first into the classrooms. We've got medical attention for everybody. We got the teachers covered. We even got the ones that are willing to go in classroom that are healthy, low risk getting uh, hazardous pay for doing that. I think we've got the beginnings of a plan. Now, I'm going to post on this podcast underneath a link to the document that I was looking at as I did this talk. But I think I've given you a systematic way to reopen the schools. Um... And I'd love to have some comments at wileyfoxes at gmail.com. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y dot foxes, F-O-X-E-S, at gmail.com. That's where the ancient Texan lives. So the last thing we need to do is we need to have... uh, data analysts on site that's taken in the temperature readings of everybody that comes into the buildings, um, periodic, hopefully data, uh, COVID-19 tests to see if uh, you're infected, maybe even some infrequent uh, antibody tests to see who's got a problem. And we need someone collecting all this data that uh, knows how to analyze data and also the data in the community on the COVID and put it all together and give guidance to each school because the school doesn't have time to do all the stuff I was saying. You're going to need a full-time person that's cranking data and putting out a daily report. Um, And then, you know, if your community COVID cases goes up over the threshold, or if the number of cases in the school go up over a threshold and or there's a positive slope, the number of cases are increasing on say a seven day average, then you gotta start taking corrective action. You gotta identify where each case came from in the school, um, drive down to a set of certain schools, a packing set of certain school room, is it packing too many? Is it because the kids are at lunch together? you got to figure out if this, the plan goes off track. And you got to have the fallback position that you go back online, reassess the data, reset the numbers, and go through the same process we just talked about. Um, anyway, 
I hope this helps. This is the Ancient Texan. Hoping you and your kids are safe. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.